Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of Hardwood Handicappers. we got a good show on tap for you today. Tim Murray of VEASAN Primetime is going to be with us. Tim, of course, hosted the College Basketball Betting Podcast on VEASAN Podcast Network. Uh, has a lot of experience watching a lot of the dudes that are going to make up the back end of some of these rosters for the NBA Summer League. So I want to get his insights on some of the guys that maybe Kelly and I didn't really get to see a lot of and how they might fit for some of these Summer League teams. So Tim was awesome, and we're going to catch up with him in just a couple of minutes. But first off, uh, before we get to that, our hardcore Summer League preview, Kelly... We have no update on Damian Lillard, so all right, that's it. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> uh, it is funny though, of like how much that uh, just waiting for that domino to fall before you feel like there's a lot of other things you can discuss, right? Like yep. there are, man, there's some NBA awards that got released that I've got a couple circled, but I'm like, I like, I can't, I can't bet this till I know like what the league's gonna look like. You know, what I mean, like, oh this boy, is, I feel like they're all, they're all kind of everything's kind of connected right now to whatever Dame ends up doing. And, I, yeah, I, JVT, it's, it, since it's taken this long, like, I'm not holding my breath on, on how much longer this might take. Like, it could, I don't, I'm not going to be shocked if it takes another few weeks or something. Yeah, I think that's, I would say that is the real update, actually, is the more that you read about this, like, Woj just had a, a very pro Portland piece, you know, where he gets his information. Uh, inside the Trailblazers, Damian Lillard trade talks. The subheadline is Blazers GM Joe Cronin isn't about to rush the trade of his life. Uh, it it does seem like this thing's going to drag out. And here's the other thing. Zach Lowe made a really good point. He had a podcast up with uh, John Hollinger over at The mm-hmm. Athletic and, you know, former uh, Grizzlies front office guy in that, you know, teams like Miami, for example, if they want to sweeten the deal and they want to include some of the young guys that they drafted, you have to wait until a certain date before mm-hmm. you can trade them. And so that's also going to extend some stuff out where, you know, if Miami wants to include some of their rookies, got to wait until a certain date before you can do it. And that's a little bit further down the line. So I would say overall, I wouldn't be surprised if we get through summer league and we're still waiting for Damian Lillard to get traded. And we're just talking about the same things over and over again, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's going to happen. Like, you know, it's not like me or you is going to, are going to be in the same room, but these talks, a lot of these talks always happen around summer league time when everybody's here in the same town here in Vegas. Um, so who knows, maybe that helps expedite some things at least, but man, like, I, I don't know about you, but like, I, I don't really know that we're going to see a solution or a move if, if it happens at all, but I don't know if we're going to see a move with Harden until Dame gets settled. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that, I think that's holding up that process a bit too. So yeah, it's just a little bit of everything kind of, kind of waiting on that. And, um, Man, I'll tell you, I've gone back and forth on a couple teams, uh, whether you know w- whether they should go after him or not. Boston being the main one, because like you, you know so, me, I've I've held strong forever. Where I'm like, you should not break up Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum. But I've man, I've gone back and forth on that. I have. Really quickly, I wanted to ask you. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Why are they the second choice, odds wise, to land him? I have seen no real tangible no. information that Boston is pursuing this. Yeah. Other than talking head conversation got to break them up got to do it like i I've, i have not seen anything tying boston to them i think that so neither neither have i i, I do think though if you look at those you know the odds and where, where teams are i think there are certain teams that are listed on there because there's only so many teams 
that could make a trade work without really needing to include a third team, right? Mm. Like they're, they're really not that many teams. Like that's, I think that's part of the reason why the jazz keep getting brought up, right? It's yep. okay. You can do a deal easily with the jazz in my mind. I'm like, who the hell cares about that? You know, I'm like, what? I don't, I wouldn't make that deal for the jazz. I'm probably not making the deal, the deal from the blazers. But right. I, I think I, that's my best guess, JVT, because you're right. I have, I read anywhere that Boston is involved with talks. No, I think that there is, I think that you can read into the fact though, that they haven't re-signed uh, 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 Jalen Brown to a max extension yet. I think you could, I think you could read into that a little bit. I think you yeah. could read into just the fact that they are, again, well, I think they're one of the few teams that they could, if they wanted to get a deal done, they could get a deal done. So I think that's why they're kind of as short as they are, I guess, but, but I'm with you. They, they're still way too short to bet them. Yeah, because <laughs> you're really just betting that. Yeah, like I just I don't and I haven't finished uh, Lowe's podcast because he did tease to bringing up that he, they're going through trade packages. Philly's going to be one of them. Um, you know, like that's the other part, too, where all this information that's out there, you know, for the betting odds, for example, there is I don't think there's any question, Kelly. There is literal value in a team like Philadelphia to land him because I think they have better odds to land him than the Clippers. But the Clippers, for some reason, I are listed that. ahead of a team like the Philadelphia 76ers on these odds. The yep. Clippers that take it from our resident Clippers guy, me, they have nothing to offer. They have a bunch of expiring junk and Terrence Mann and some picks that are like, you know, maybe five years down the road that might have some value. But there's only like two of them and maybe well, one it, pick swap like there's nothing. That one I haven't understood at all, because especially, you know, if you're on that DraftKings page and you scroll down below to the next guy, the Clippers are the the big favorite to land James Harden, too. So it's like, I mean, even if you think they're going to get someone, it's, well, you don't even know who the hell they're going to get. Yep. Yeah, I would be very, I would be extremely cautious betting that. And then look, Damian Lillard deserves all the respect that he's due. And if you're looking at futures, awards, any of that stuff, I, I think most of them you've got to hold off until the, we actually see how the NBA is settled here with whatever team he's on and whoever goes, you know, goes away from whatever team he's going on. Non-betting topic real quick when it mm-hmm. comes to Damian Lillard. Enough of the, like, he, he's kind of portrayed himself here as like, hey, man, you know, I'm really trying to work. I'm really trying to do this in Portland. You know, I'm trying to do this. I want to <laughs> be that guy. So but, but no, but here's the thing. You want to know why I don't like it now? Well, is because of everything he's now doing. Did you read the report that his agent is calling yes. other teams yes. and telling them if you trade for him, he's going to be unhappy? Yes. Like, yes, or, or, or we mentioned we mentioned the Chris Haynes report that like the players are watching the two parties. You got to make them happy being the players and Damian Lillard. Like, I'm sorry, but like everything you've done for the franchise aside, that's some like, I don't know if it's underhanded, but I don't have a better term, so I'll use it. That's like some underhanded nonsense. What are we doing here? Stop trying to force your way for a team that you're saying that you were so loyal to. Now you're trying to undercut them and get them one of the, maybe like, you know, an ick deal just so you can go play with what you want. Like, I just, I don't know. You can kind of miss me with that, but I didn't really like that kind of, especially the report that his agent was doing it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I I mean, look, I think that that's, that's partially, I mean, all this is on Dame. You know what I mean? Like, look, dude, I'm not going to make any excuses. I've been the guy that's been yelling for five years to get your ass out of Portland. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, I, I yeah, you, you and I have attacked this from a little bit different angles, but I'm not going to be feeling bad for this guy if he gets traded, if he gets shipped off to the Jazz, like I just mentioned. You know what I mean? Yep. Because that's the best the best uh, group, uh, group of stuff that, that the Blazers can get in return. This is how business works, man. Like, this is – you're in a business. And, like, if you – I mean, I think there's a lot of us that are saying you should have seen the writing on the wall the past few yes. years, but like, you're not Bradley Beal. You don't have a no trade clause in your contract. Like you're going to get shipped to wherever the hell you get shipped to. And yes, you can hope that these guys will treat you uh, a little bit better than they would treat most people. But at the end of the day, this is a business and they have to look out for the next 10, 20 years of what this franchise is going to look like. Not what just next year is going to look like. So I, yep. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, Hey, but even that though, Jay, like, I can't blame the agent because it's part of his job, right? Like you got to right. represent your player. Your player doesn't want to go certain pl- places. Fine, you probably got to do that crap. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's a great look right now. And, right. and shoot, the sooner this gets done, the better. Yep. Oh, I see. I uh, see Bobby Marks right now bringing up the Pelicans, who I brought up ooh, last time. Well, I'm yep. like, why? Why did this conversation stop right. for the Pelicans? You already talking about one point guard. Talk about the other one. Try to go and get him. Um, let me see. Okay, one last quick thing before we get to Tim. Uh, this came down earlier today or yesterday. Yeah, late yesterday, maybe. 
Uh, the final four of the NBA's new in-season tournament is going to take place on December 7th and 9th here in Las Vegas. That is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, statistics are going to count for the league's regular season, except for the championship game of the event. That, of course, makes sense because if you're playing the championship game, that'll be an extra 83rd game, thus giving you a leg up on some benchmarks as a certain player, right? Whether it be games yeah. played, whether it be points per game and all these other milestones, uh, all NBA, right? Could you imagine if you're a player that played on a championship team, a championship team, you know, for the in-game or for the in-season tournament, but you only played in 64 regular season games, but you got the 65th because you played in the championship game. It's an unfair advantage, so you can't play. That one doesn't count. Um, yeah, I don't understand why the I don't understand why the semi. So I, I I'll be I, I'll be honest. I, I dove pretty deep on this stuff today. Just okay, good. I feel like I feel like I didn't read too much of of this stuff when the CBA was struck back in April. Like I'm sure we were distracted by the playoffs and stuff. So some of the details I, I didn't really read until today. It, it, being honest, it, and it, it's one of those. Okay, so I I agree that this is the time. It's the only time of year that makes sense to do it. They're doing the beginning of the season. Basically, what you're going to see is in the first six weeks of the season, you're going to see four of these group games be lumped into whatever the the team's regular season schedule. They're going to play that. There's going to be three groups in each conference, and then you have the winner from each group, and I think it's two then whoever, two wild card teams basically with the best winning percentage that also move on into the a playoff, a playoff, the playoff round or something Mm. like that. So the weird part, there's a lot of things that I'm interested to see how the sports books handle JVT because apparently we're only going to see 80 games scheduled for everybody yep. Yep. because that's where you have to leave the room then for that team that makes it all the way to the championship game. Well, okay, they're going to have played 82, so they're good. So later on in the season is where they're going to plug in those two games for every other team that didn't make it. So how the hell are we doing win totals and stuff? Are we doing win percentages? Are we doing win totals where we just don't know what the two last two opponents are going to be? Yeah. That's the biggest thing, right? You're not going to, you know, they're going to play 82 games still, but you don't know who those two opponents are. Sure. And so, I, cause I agree with that. And we did talk, I think we talked a little bit about this when this first came about. And that was one of the questions we had too. And, and that was like, you, cause I think somebody out there would go, well, it's, it's two games of an 82 game schedule. Who cares? Well, sure. But then when all of a sudden you're sitting on like a, let's say like, it's like a, I don't know, like a Dallas Mavericks win total. Right. <laughs> right yeah. And you're sweating it out. Oh, and by the way, their last two games we added, it's Milwaukee and Boston. And right, you're like, wait, yeah, just what? Randomly, those are the two <laughs> right. that you got stuck you know with. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, need, I tried win to win three I mean, out of the last four to go over the win total. And like, that's what it is. You're like, oh, right, like, like so, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of casual betters out there, the instant reaction would be, dude, calm down. There's a lot of games. Like, you know what I mean? But no, like, I think we've all been in a situation where we've been sweating these out before. And oh boy, am I going to be really pissed if the team that I betted over on a win total gets stuck with two teams like that? Yeah, I think ultimately you'll still hang win totals. It's only 2.4% of the schedule. And I think you can hang win totals without it being adjusted by a lot with just two games. Um, but it will be, it's more of an in-game track or an in-season tracking thing. And yeah. like, those will be the stories. Like, that'll be like, <laughs> oh my God, they added these two games and I got totally screwed because this sucks, blah, blah, blah. But it is going to be I pretty fascinating. The, the only other part I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, the only part I'm unclear about is why the hell would the semifinals game not be treated the same way as the finals game? Because that's going to be f- four teams playing an additional game that the, all the others wouldn't play. No, because I see, and that's that's where my confusion was. So Adam Silver's going to go through all the announcements, I guess, uh, live from the summer league. So I'll, oh, I'll yeah, pull yeah. them onto, I'll pull them onto the set. You know, me and Adam will chop it up about it. No, they're uh, doing sure uh, what? What is it? NBA Con? It's like Comic Con. They're doing it at Mandalay Bay on Saturday. Yeah, I got to try to get into that thing. I got to yeah. try to get in, force my <laughs> way in. Um, but I, I think I w- I'm with you, like, because uh, the way I was doing the math, unless I was doing it wrong. There's going to be some teams who are 81 games. If you make it to the championship, you might be at 82. But then if you're not, then you're in 80. So are some games or some teams getting two games and others getting one? And then I, like, right, I don't know. Right, right. There's going to be two teams that got one extra, two teams that got two extra. Yeah. So I like, <laughs> uh, look, <laughs> they've got it down. But they're going to have the stats count for that game. That's why I'm like, why would you just, you should just make that final four separate. Like, I, right. I, I That's actually, why I think. I actually like it. And I think it all makes sense up until that point. Yeah. So maybe what, maybe Adam Silver is going to clear that up for us. Yeah, and maybe I think that's why, like the those semifinal games will count because they'll still give those two other teams one game. I guess I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's Either way, I'm let me say this. <laughs> do you I think like it just on its surface? Do you that's like what it? I do, and I don't. Like I, this is what I'll say. I didn't know what to think the plan would be 
And I legitimately have grown to enjoy what the play-in has done for the league and what it is. And, yep, I, and I think the play-in is awesome. Yep. So, and there were a lot of people, including LeBron James, who did not like what the play-in was. And I think going forward, if you polled anybody about it, they would say generally that it's a good thing, that I it has kept awesome. teams competitive yep. and it's been awesome, but it was meant with some negative resistance. I think it's the same thing here. Let's see how it plays out, man. Like, it could be fun. And by the way, you and I should have a positive view on this regardless. You want to know why? Because we work in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. we're going to get a neutral site NBA tournament here yeah. in Las Vegas over the course of three days, two games of action. That's going to be freaking awesome. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm generally, I'm for it. Yeah, I, I would say that the... Uh... here's how I view it. How I view it is this is Adam Silver's attempt to get the NBA in the news cycle during a hardcore football time of year, right? When the NBA is going to traditionally until, until they ever, until they switch until that, to that January one start or something we've all been talking about Christmas start that we've been talking about forever until they switch to that. This is the your the NBA goes so under the radar during November and in December that I think the way I always view, I view it is this is Silver's attempt to kind of he's been wanting to do this tournament forever. I think this is the right time to do it because you're trying to draw some, draw some eyeballs to the NBA. The only problem is I don't really know how many eyeballs you're pulling away from football and people like me and you like we're watching the NBA anyways, right? right. So it's we would be watching if the if they're playing regular season games just as much as they were playing these. So. Um, I'm with you. I, I think just like the play in tournament, I'm going to take approach of, I'm not really going to judge. Let's let the first year play out, see how it goes and see what we think after that. Cause I, I I'm with you with the play in tournament. I was very skeptical of when it first came about. And after one season of it, I, I mean, awesome. I was good. I was good to go. And it's been great since it's been great. since. Yep. Yes, it was. You know, who else is great. Tim Murray. Let's talk to Tim. Uh, Tim, of course, hosted the College Basketball Betting Podcast and the College Football Betting Podcast. Just recorded an episode with one Phil Steele, so you check that out. Also, Stanford Steve, previewing the Pac-12. But we had Tim on, talk a little college hoops. So on the other side, let's discuss about the Summer League, some of these rosters, some of the players that have stuck out to Tim, because a lot of these college players that Tim got to watch quite a bit, just like Kelly and I watched the NBA season quite a bit, uh, are going to be playing a brunt of these minutes when the Summer League gets started out here in Las Vegas. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER All right, let's welcome in our guest for today's episode, Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, that's, thus the VEASAN Primetime. Also host of, if I get these right, Tim's, uh, the College Football Betting Podcast, Ding. the College Basketball Betting Podcast, Ding. and a sometimes host for Milwaukee Radio? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I'm part of a morning show up there in there Milwaukee. Yeah, Sports guy Wait, so- on the morning show. Wait, so you, you, if you're part of it, as in like you host regularly, is it like, because I've actually never asked you about this. What is this morning show? Is it like a, like a mix 94.1? That's a local reference. That yeah. Would understand. So no, but it's is a, it like that. No, it's, it's a, it's a good, good comparison. So it's a one Oh two nine, the hog. It's a rock station up in Milwaukee. Uh, the show is the Bob and Brian show. It's a longstanding uh, morning show. It's been going on for 34. Four plus years up there, wow. and uh, I'm the I'm the sports guy. So I jump on every uh, every day, and we just kind of blabber about 
anything. It's not like hardcore, like, yeah, did you see Devin Williams last night? What was he doing throwing a changeup and a 1-1 count against the Cubs? No, it's it's very loose. Um, you know, half the time we're just, you know, goofing around. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing that for five years. Uh, it's it's been a blast. The first uh a uh, a trivia part of the uh, Bob and Brian sports guys, the first ever sports guy they had was a gentleman by the name of Dan Patrick. I don't know what he's doing uh, in his career, uh, but uh, yeah, he was the first ever sports guy. So yeah, I do that uh, for about 45, 50 minutes each and every hour. I go up to Milwaukee once or twice a year. And, and then uh, in uh, what was it? March, I went down to the Dominican Republic with them. They had, we did a show with uh, call it the spring bend all their, listeners came on down and uh so yeah they big group of them should be coming out i would imagine for the raiders packers game in october this year oh 2.9 the hog hog baby (laughs) right you just like spam like the the hog sound i mean if you listen if you listen to it later in the day uh for those uh many listeners bucks fans out there i think it's just straight up you know rock music all day long but the first four and a half hours of the day it's just a morning show i always equate it to where i grew up a show called elliot in the morning on dc 101 same thing rock station but it just had a morning talk show interesting this this is why you ask questions i had no idea and now i know and that's actually a very very interesting thing so i'm glad jbt this is the reason i can book tim every once in a while on a numbers game because he's because he's up bright doing that show 6 a.m every 6 a.m every morning i'm up ready to go when i was doing (laughs) when i was doing visa prime time uh that was a quick turnaround because you know get home at you know 11 you know can't go to bed right away and then and then turn around but no it's uh it's been fun i mean Doing it on the East Coast was a little easier getting up at, you know, you know, nine or so. But uh, no, it's uh, it is uh, an easy, easy, fun thing to do. And uh, man, the uh, the fan base and the following of that show is just incredible. I mean, people people have been listening to that show literally their entire lives because they've been on the air for so long. Wow, look at that. So anybody out there, if you're listening and never made the connection, Tim's your sports guy. I'm your sports guy. Dan Patrick. Awesome. So the reason why, if anybody's asking, why is Tim Murray on the podcast today? Well, uh, I wanted to get a unique insight onto the Summer League, which is, of course, getting started on Friday. And one of the things that is always a factor when it comes to the Summer League, of course, is we get a bunch of college players that are going to play NBA basketball for the first times in their career. And they're going to proliferate all of these rosters. And you're going to get some guys who are undrafted free agents. You're going to get end of the first round guys. You're going to be contributors to their teams. So I want to pick Tim's brain who watches a lot of college basketball. And as I mentioned, hosts the college basketball betting podcast on how impactful some of these guys might be. And maybe some of the guys that you might have his eye on. So I will open with this, Tim, um, with that connection, being a big college basketball guy. And then of course, watching these guys take their first steps into the NBA. Do you watch a little bit of Summer League? Does Summer League intrigue you around this time of year, not only because of what's going on in the sports calendar, but because there is that like fringe college basketball connection? Yeah, up until a couple of years ago, I would say no. But, I mean, the growth of this you know, product and just the timing of it and how it's become so big, uh, absolutely. And, you know, you try not to get too just uh enamored by these gaudy numbers that you know certain guys will be uh will be putting up uh that you know look you know who i don't know i'm trying to think of uh i wrote down a bunch of guys like you know could we see someone like you know mike miles who played at tcu is now playing for the mavericks this summer like could he go off and be like whoa i remember mike miles he's gonna be a contributor for the mavericks (laughs) and then he plays in the g league the entire year but no it, it is kind of fun and you could see certainly some of these guys uh, you know, fit into a, a particular role. So, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at these rosters as I look at this beautiful Google Doc uh, that anybody should uh, access at uh, Jonathan Von Tobel's Twitter page. Uh, you look at it, you're like, oh, I'm curious how, you know, I'm curious how these particular players like Nathan Mensa on the Hornets, while you're watching yep. Brandon Miller, I mean, look at a guy who was a very key cog to a team that made the national championship. Could he you know, make the Hornets. I, I, that is a name that I, you know, certainly circle. I'm like, I'm curious how Nathan Mensa, really good defensive player, uh, could potentially, you know, make his way onto a roster this year. It, Tim, is it more intriguing, I guess, from that, from your 
uh, for you to watch those guys who were maybe some of the bigger time college players that didn't get drafted high that you think might have big summer leagues? Are you more interested in seeing that or maybe more interested in seeing some of the guys like, you know, Jalen Williams last year, I'll use an example from Oklahoma City Thunder, Santa Clara guy for a lot of those NBA guys were like, where the hell did this guy come from? Right. Where you probably knew a bit more about him. Are are you looking out for more of those guys or is it more of the high flyers from college coming in? You know, I I think that the one guy that I'm really one of the most fascinating guys for me during the whole process, and I'm curious how much you'll end up playing because you guys know as well as anybody you know, these guys have a couple good games and they're done. I'm not talking about Victor Wembanyama and Brandon Miller, et cetera. I'm talking about, mm. you know, even, you know, just a first round guy might play a game or two and be done. Uh, I think Jalen Pickett, uh, who started his career at Siena, was really, really good at Siena, transferred to Penn State, was Big Ten first team, uh, just put up a ton of numbers, you know, rebounds, assists, points. He was an early second round pick by the Nuggets. And, you know, from my understanding, there were a couple teams that had, you know, the old quote uh, promises to Jalen Pickett in that early second round range. Um, And Denver makes a ton of sense. You know, they're Mm -hmm. they're looking like a team that needs these cheap rotational guys uh, with the money that they have sunk in on on Jokic and Murray and Porter. So I think Jalen Pickett, who is an early second round uh, selection, I can't remember if he was already signed to a, a guaranteed deal, but I think he's a player to watch for Denver. I think he could put up some really good numbers here in summer league. I bet you he will play only a couple games, but I think he's a guy that could be, you know, I don't want to say Christian Brown because Christian Brown was more athletic and, and kind of did some unique things, but I think Jalen Pickett could be a contributor during the regular season. I don't know if he's good enough to be a contributor for a championship level team like Denver in the playoffs, but I think he has a unique skill set and he's older too, right? He's, I think you want to say he's like 24, 23, 24. So he's an older uh, guy. So I think Jalen Pickett's one of the guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing on, on Denver uh, who played at Penn state and prior to that Sienna. Okay. 23 years old, 23. Yep. Yeah, and they, they did actually just yesterday, Tim, they gave him a four-year deal, three yeah. of them guaranteed. Yeah. So they do think something of him, and I, I think that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, all right, so I wanted to ask you about certain players yeah. and the teams and the things that I have listed, but you mentioned you had some guys written down. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk us through a couple of others that, that have caught your eye that you want to watch. Yeah, a couple of them are just fun. Like Darius McGee, he uh, he was just a ridiculous scorer at Liberty. He's like 5'9". Yeah. Uh, he could, yep. he, you know, I, I could see him on like the, the championship game or, you know, one of the playoff games. Darius McGee goes for 35 or something like that. He's playing for Indiana. Indiana's a team that has some names. If you're a college basketball fan, uh, that could be fun to watch. And I think most notably Oscar Shibwe, uh, former mm-hmm. national player of the year who went undrafted. You know, I'll just start there, right? You've got Oscar Shibwe, national player of the year, went undrafted out of Kentucky. He's on Indiana. Uh, you've got Drew Timmy, who's on Milwaukee, went undrafted, very prolific uh, collegiate career. And then you've got Adama Sonogo, who just won MOP of the Final Four for UConn, went undrafted, and he's playing for Chicago. So those are a couple of guys. Um, you know, if you're just a, a college basketball nerd like I am, Jelly Walker, who played at UAB, he's playing on Dallas. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching them. I think Dallas is a team uh, that I, I want to watch a decent amount if you just like college basketball because they drafted Derek Lively with the 12th overall pick. Uh, they also went out and got uh, uh, Olivier, was it Prosper, uh, the kid out of Marquette. Who was, Maxon's Prosper. Yeah, yep. he's, he's I know a lot of teams were high on him. I think the Celtics really liked him. Max, uh, Mike Miles, excuse me, at a TCU, who was injured for a little bit, came back. Uh, he could be a fun player to watch. So I think Dallas is a team that I want to watch uh, a decent amount. Uh, Jalen Wilson from Brooklyn. Uh, he went to Kansas. Uh, very productive college career. All-American player. Uh, he's there on Brooklyn, so that's a guy that I that I want to see. And then Marcus Sasser, um, he played at Houston, yes. phenomenal yes. career, just a badass. And he's on Detroit. Detroit's team, it, I don't know how much Jaden Ivey's going to play, but I mean, look at Detroit's team. You've got Jalen Duran, you've got uh, Jaden Ivey's on the roster. How much he plays, I don't know, but you've got Marcus Sasser, you've got Asar Thompson, Wiseman is on that roster. I mean. 
I would Buddy say Beheim. I would say talent wise, guys, <laughs> yep. that should be the best team out there. Uh, just with the talent that they have. Jack Nungy, the big tall center from Xavier who can hit some threes. So uh yeah, I, I, Detroit's an interesting team. And of course, Buddy Beheim, as you mentioned there. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> uh yeah. So uh, Jordan Hawkins too, you know, how much will he play? New Orleans, uh, you know, big time shooter. So yeah, those are certainly a couple of the names that I want to watch. I I'd be curious, you know, last year, you know, being from Washington guys, uh, you know, when your first round pick sucks in the summer league, you're like, Oh God, this is not good. And that was Johnny Davis. He was awful. He was absolutely terrible. So I'm curious about Amani Bates. You know, he gets the kind of, you know, hometown selection by the Cavaliers this is a guy that once upon a time was the number one prospect in his recruiting class, dropped off, went to Memphis, didn't work out. Went to Eastern Michigan, was kind of in Siberia, uh, in the sense playing for Eastern Michigan. I think he had like a forty-point game out there. But uh, Cleveland's got a couple guys that I, I'm curious. Wendell Green, uh, short point guard for Auburn, he's on Cleveland. Uh, he had a couple games. He had a game against Auburn where he was, or excuse me, Alabama, where he was fantastic. It was like a noon game, uh, just an incredible atmosphere down uh, in Auburn, and he went off in that game. I think he had twenty plus in that game. So. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, guys like that if you're college basketball fans that are that are going to be on these rosters and I just am always curious how much burn they'll ultimately get. Yep. By the way, really quick, um you mentioned like first round picks sucking. So there was a great instance in the last NBA Summer League. You know, you get your different credentials so you can tell what level of person you know everybody is. And there was a faceless NBA front office exec. You could tell by their, you know, I don't think it was a, a famous one. Uh but you could tell by their credential sitting in the media area and during Jabari Smith Jr.'s debut game, just leans over to his cohort and goes, he sucks. Sorry, Steven, you gotta, like, it's like stuff like that. You're like, this is incredible because like, like Tim, you said, there's probably people watching. They're like, man, like, I hope this guy's not going to be terrible. Uh, but it's just incredible watching like other rival execs, but like, yes, they got it wrong. Like, oh, it's, it's such a great environment, by the way. Kudos to Tim as well. Like rattling off the names. That's exactly what we wanted Tim here for, to get oh, in some totally. insight on some of these guys. Um, Kelly, do you have something? I mean, the next one I was going to follow up with was, I yeah. mean, man, a lot of the a lot of the things we were batting around around draft time, JVT, with some of yep. these guys, you, you know, like Cam Whitmore, like the, uh, you know, some of the other guys that were in that area, Taylor Hendricks, Jarris Walker, like some of these guys that you and I have seen play a bit where Tim has seen play a whole lot more like this is. Maybe not about as much about the summer league. I think where everybody's going to get a better look at these guys then. But like Tim, what was your biggest takeaway from the where those guys went in the draft and how you think they're going to translate over over to the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think going back to the draft, if you're a college hoops enthusiast, uh, a lot of the guys that you didn't know all that well or more high upside type of guys. You mentioned Cam Whitmore. I know he ultimately dropped to twenty, which was certainly a bit of a surprise, but. A lot of these guys, the high, you know, the highly productive guys outside of Brandon Miller, who was, you know, first team All American and SEC Player of the Year, you know, Anthony Black, um, I felt like was up and down a little bit. You know, Jarris Walker was mm -hmm. was a, was a stud, um, but yeah, I mean, the Jet Howard draft, I think a lot of people left scratching their heads a little bit, like, huh, really? Okay, uh, yeah. but you kind of went a little bit further down, and that's where you got some of the more productive guys, the Keontae Georges, the Jalen Huchifinos, the Jamie ha uh, Jaime Hawkes, excuse me, who, you know, seems just like the, the perfect fit. Will he remain on the heat? You know, we, we will see. But I mentioned Marcus Sasser. I mean, this is a dude who is a, a multi-time uh, All-American, I believe. And, you know, he was late first round. So, you know, and I think that's just the way that the draft has gone over these handful of years. But, you know, you're looking at Wemby, Scoot Henderson, the Thompson Twins, Koulibaly. I mean, your top seven picks, five of them, you really haven't seen play right. whatsoever. So, yep. you know, I'm kind of in the dark of, on those guys uh, as much or if not more than you guys are. So, you know, the guys that I like or that I know a little bit about are, are we're the undrafted free agents or the late first, early second guys. I, I'll give you another name that I'm really curious about just because he kind of popped in the NCAA tournament was Andre Jackson, who the Bucks selected uh, early in the second round. Incredibly athletic, does a little bit of everything, but he could look kind of, um, uh, you know, he could, he could be missing a bunch of shots. You know, he, he's just not a great shooter. So 
you know, Bucks fans might get discouraged early, like, oh my God, what the hell do we have in this guy? But he's not going to be that fine tuned uh, type of uh, prospect yet. He's getting drafted based off of potential and athletic ability. And I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Jackson maybe spent some time in the G League early on in the year. But if we saw in the playoffs, if he's getting some run out there just because he's so athletic and could be, uh, you know, guarding some some big time players in the postseason, you know, next spring. Yeah, the Bucks are so the Bucks are one of a couple of teams that that had stuck out to me that I want to throw at you because th- this is why I wanted to have you on too. And I have a little background here because he played in a conference that I covered part time and, and follow uh, because of the affinity for it. But like you look around and like a guy like Amari Moore, Tim, I think is a, is like kind of like a low key diamond in the rough, right? Like Amari Moore, who was one of the better players in his conference, who not a lot of people are really going to know about. Who's got a pretty versatile game that can rebound, that can score. You have him. You have Drew Timmy. Like I think that Bucks roster is really fascinating. Nick Mannion's on that roster too. Like there's some standout college players, including I mean, I guess in terms of the comparison by Taco his Falls on if, there. Yeah, yeah. Taco, Taco Fall, yeah. Jabari Parker. Wait, is of so course, is that is that like the Jabari Parker? Like he's that is how is he playing in summer league? That is the Jabari Parker. Yep, he's still giving it a go. Like, tell me this roster, like all the names that I just mentioned too, but like that's kind of a fascinating roster. Now, here's How's the thing. There, there's another guy on there from the Metropolitans too. Like, what, what the heck? How, how many guys do they have drafted? Three, yeah. four? Like, wh- that's crazy. Here's the thing though, and this actually, because uh, this did come down yesterday, I think, or maybe a couple of days ago. Jabari Parker's on the roster. Apparently a family issue came up. He's not going to be able to play. Mm. So... For anybody who's wondering if that's going to happen, uh, that is probably not going to happen. But the names outside of it, when you're talking about Amari Moore and others, like this is a pretty intriguing. If you really watched, as you did, right, a lot of these guys in college basketball, there's some really intriguing names and talent on the Bucks roster. Well, and Chris Livingston's a guy who was, what, the last pick of the draft that wasn't the the stories were that his his agent was reaching out to everybody. Don't draft my client. Don't draft my client. Yep. And the Bucks were like, ah, we'll take him with the last pick. And, you know, he's a guy that started for – uh, Kentucky this year, and I, I think he has a chance to to potentially make this roster. And I, I think you know, and this is more a question to you guys, uh, the the NBA experts. But I think with the amount of money that is now being locked up, when you look at Phoenix, when you look at uh, basically every team that has got three guys making what eighty five percent of their salary cap, and when we get into this second apron stuff and the hard capping, I think that you're going to finally see teams really uh, treasure. And you saw it with Denver making the draft, Mm -hmm. uh, making the trade to get another first round pick. I think you're going to see these teams try to find the Christian Browns of the world. Hey, a guy in the back end of the first round, he's not going to be a superstar for us, but we don't need that. Know his role, get out there, get some buckets for us. And that's why I think you saw the Lakers spend, what, $4 million to move up from 47 to 40. The Bucks move up to 36 to get an Andre Jackson. Them to spend the 58th pick on Chris Livingston instead of, you know, drafting some dude from, you know, France that won't come over for five years and just be like, ah, just draft him and stash him. I think you're actually going to find, especially in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I, I think the teams that are contending are actually going to, while they'll still be willing to trade away their first round picks, I think when you look at the Lakers and other teams, I think you're going to see them try to find guys in the second round because they're going to be strapped for money with how this new, with how everything's kind of moving in that direction. So I think that's beneficial, you know, for the college game and for college basketball fans, where you actually might see some of these guys get a little bit more of shine, a little more run uh, than we have in maybe years past. I think it's a great point. I think it's a great point. Uh, it was the second apron stuff coming in. Yes, I think those these guys that might not have mattered as much outside of the lottery are going to start mattering a whole lot. Like a Jalen Pickett, for example. You know, Jalen Pickett goes to was probably sought after by a handful of contending teams who are like this guy, an older guy. He'll be fine sitting on the bench. He won't be a pain in the ass, and he'll go out and, and do what he needs to do. If we need him to go play twenty minutes one night, he can do that. If he's going to play zero. That's fine too, but I mean, as JVT you alluded to, he got a three-year guaranteed deal with the with the mm-hmm. defending champs. I mean, that's why I think you're going to see, you know, moving forward, and and also, you know, on that Denver roster, uh, Julian Strother, a guy that I don't know if he lived up necessarily to his potential and what Gonzaga was hoping for, local product from Vegas. Uh, shout out Liberty, um, but he's a guy that 
you know, if you could get him right and he becomes a, a, a dead on shooter, like, all right, great. We got Julian Strother coming off the bench and he could hit some big shots. He's been in big games. He's been in the biggest environments in college basketball. Hell, I mean, I was at that UCLA Gonzaga game. That atmosphere was absolutely tremendous at, uh, at T-Mobile uh, in March. Yep. Also, uh, Colin Gillespie's on that roster, too. There's some pretty interesting uh, bodies for Denver. He was on the roster was last year, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's great pictures of him holding up a trophy that he uh, – <laughs> holding up the Larry <laughs> O'Brien trophy. Uh, so the other team, you, you hit on a couple of them. But I, I wanted to focus really on Charlotte because Charlotte's one of those teams that I think if you look through the names, there's a lot of good defensive talent here. Um, what I wanted to ask you about is – Am I overvaluing how good of a defender a guy like Leaky Black could be? Because you mentioned Nathan Mensah. Mm-hmm. You combine him with Brandon Miller and a Leaky Black type. Like, I, I'd be really intrigued by Charlotte. Now, they have not looked great in their two summer league games at all. I wonder if that gets better as they get to Las Vegas. But when I put together Leaky Black, Brandon Miller, and Nathan Mensah from like a college basketball perspective, Tim, I think, like, dude, I've got like three awesome defenders on this team. Yeah, I think if people look at Charlotte, the first name they'll look at obviously would be Brandon Miller. And the second would be Nick Smith Jr. because of, you know, what his uh, ceiling was or we thought it would be at at Arkansas and didn't really, you know, got injured and then came back, didn't really fit a, fit a role there. But no, I think Nathan Mensah is... I don't want to say elite because I don't know how it's going to translate to the NBA, but he was an elite college defender for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got taken to the woodshed a little bit in the championship game, but leaky blacks a fascinating case because um, I don't have his numbers in front of me. I'll look him up real quick. I, he's not a very good shooter, uh, but I do know that, you know, when push came to shove and UNC needed that, someone out there to, to be a defender, that was their guy. And another older guy, he's 24 years old, played five years of college basketball and played it at the highest level, played in a national championship. I know UNC was down uh, this previous year with all the expectations, but I mean, he was a starter and a key cog of a team that made that, you know, run to the national championship and, and almost won a national championship against Kansas two years ago. So a guy that never averaged more than, you know, eight points per game, uh, but that's not necessarily what you need him for. He does a little bit of everything. So I think you're, you're spot on there. I mean, he's a guy that averaged like a steal per game over his mm-hmm. career. So yeah, Leaky Black, 6'9", very rangy type of guy. So yeah, I think, you know, Brandon Miller, I'm curious how his defensive prowess will, will kind of carry over to uh, to the NBA. But I think Leaky Black and Nathan Mensah, uh, two guys who uh, not going to be called on to, to get you big buckets, but certainly I think two guys that could defend at the NBA level. I feel like the I, every year I've got to remember again that the the fouls go out the window. When, you know, Brandon Miller picking up like seven the other night or whatever man, it makes it a little tougher to judge their defense sometimes when they can foul that much. Yes. By the way, Nick Smith Jr. Uh, the opposite of good on defense. Holy smokes! Watching that guy, that was pretty bad. Watching him the other night in summer league play. Um, so the other. The other team that I think is really fascinating, you did mention Detroit, but I, Kelly mentioned a name that I wanted to get your opinion on. So Cam Whitmore was obviously like the top five pick for the longest time. Yeah. And then he slides the medical issues. What is his game like? Because if you're looking at that roster, if you're going to tell me that we get extended minutes from the guys that played for them last year, right? We're talking about Jabari Smith Jr. We're talking about Tari Eason. Um, like then all of a sudden you combine that with Amon Thompson, you get Cam Whitmore on this roster. Some of the other names that are going to be here. Hell, even Jay Huff's making an appearance. Matthew Meyer, uh, for, baby. My, my yep. guy with the mullet from Baylor. He transferred right. to like, Illinois. Yeah. Like that's, there's like there's some really good talent on this roster outside of just the guys from last year, Tim. And by the way, let me just, one of my favorite players uh, of the past 10 years in college basketball, Fletcher McGee, who was at Wofford. Uh, that dude can light it up. He's got some buckets. He's like 100 years old uh, for the summer league. Um Cam Whitmore, I'm, fa- I'm curious to see how he plays because the kind of the MO on him uh, in, the, in the final month or so on uh, Villanova was he was a ball stopper. Ball got to him, ain't going back to anyone else. He's just taking it. So, you know, with, with those types of players, you know, how does his game kind of, uh, you know, change a little bit? But, you know, Cam Whitmore, I just, I know it was a medical issue, but, and you guys talked about it a lot. I was stunned to see him drop all the way to 20. Uh, like many people were. So, you know, this is a guy that I think a lot of people expect some some potentially big things from. That Houston roster, like you said, JVT, I mean, 
my God, uh, you know, for a, for a, for a summer league team, they've, they've got some dudes. Yeah. Jay Huff. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Jay Huff is uh big stiff down low, but he could shoot it a little bit if he's out there, you know, wide open miles Powell. Hey. I had, I got to go back and look at his numbers from Seton Hall. He put up some numbers too. They got some who's who from, uh, from the collegiate days, uh, you know, on that roster, Jermaine Samuels from Villanova. I think he's got a pretty good touch too. So, uh, they could be lighting it up from three. They could be a fun team to watch, uh, in summer league. I won't lie. I just re- remembered the name Jay Huff when I was looking through the <laughs> roster. I, like, I, I remember that guy. That's, that's, that's a, name. a college basketball <laughs> name right there. By the way, they are 20 to one. The Houston Rockets win the summer league championship. So, pretty interesting it, you know i don't think that jabari smith jr is going to have a large workload but as we were talking about with some of these other guys if like cam whitmore and amon thompson are going to have big workloads with some talented guys on this roster it's a good call with meyer by the way like that's a talented yeah. kid too that's uh, it's a really good roster man it's a really good roster so houston was at the top of the list the other we've hit on a little bit but it's all dependent on detroit playing Jaden ivy and um there are other guys there jalen duran but if they play their guys, I mean, they're the second choice to win the summer league. At, like, I think they're like nine to one or something. That that roster is freaking awesome too. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Um, but I'm just, I was just uh, googling pictures of Matthew Meyer there. Uh, just, just reminding <laughs> the mullet. Just remembering <laughs> the mullet the- <laughs> at his days at uh, at his days at Baylor there. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, go through uh, go through the rosters, and you know, I was just kind of going through. I just, you, you do wonder, I always wonder who's going to stay longer. Who won it last year? Portland won it last year, right? Portland, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like Luca Garza was on that roster, but then, you know, come the end of the summer league, he wasn't even like playing. So it's just, you never know uh, how this all plays out. It, it does seem kind of to be like a, a bit of a crapshoot, even though, what was it? I guess it was going on like eight years ago, that Lakers team with, it was like Kuzma and Ball and uh, yeah. there were there were some other pretty big names on that team that 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 ultimately played well. I mean, look, I think the Lakers are an interesting team too. Um, you know, Bryce Hamilton, local guy, gets to play back at his own uh, his his old stomping grounds there. And you know, what will Hood Shafino look like? Maxwell Lewis, I think he's looked all right in his first couple games there for the Lakers. So yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the Lakers are a team that will always have a, a fair share of eyeballs on them. And any of those guys that could potentially, you know, do some uh, put up some buckets there for uh, for the Lakers. Kelly, you got anything else for our guy? Yeah, I'll go real, real quick. One more for you, Tim. Chris Murray. Yeah. I, you know, we see, we saw a lot of Keegan Murray uh, um, last year, obviously with the Kings. And he shoot just last night. Big, you see what he did yesterday? Yeah, just 40. had a big night last night. Yep. Dropping forty. Chris Murray, he's going to be with the Blazers. I think it's another interesting roster to watch out for in the summer league. But just him tra- translating the pros. You think we're going to see a, a better start from him, slower start from him than than his brother? Or what, what should we expect with Chris Murray for some of us that haven't followed college basketball as closely? Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he's obviously, you know, his brother was a lottery pick and was really prolific last year. But uh, Chris Murray's a guy that can, that can light it up from three. I mean, you know, he played in that Iowa offense that just – shot a bunch of threes uh looking up his numbers last year i think he was he was like 35 percent from three so you know he put up okay. almost seven threes per game last year you know once his brother left kind of opened the door for him he averaged 20 points per game last year at iowa for a really prolific offense so you know you look at that offense and i'd be curious like with scoot out there facilitating you know chris murray could really reap the benefits of that that wasn't a roster that i took a look at all that much and now i'm, I'm looking at it i mean you talk about prolific one score fascinating ones to me yeah they got antoine davis on that roster um you know how much run is he going to get antoine davis for those unaware fell just a couple points shy of breaking the ncaa record for for most career points uh malachi smith from gonzaga on that roster as well um but no i think chris murray um i think his game does translate pretty well to this day and age where it's just he can he could jack him up, man. He could fire some threes yep. and uh, shot seven threes per game last year. So uh, with Scoot and you know Shaden Sharp is expected to be at summer league. I, I think the Blazers, the defending mm-hmm. champion Blazers, uh, <laughs> that's right, could be uh, could that's be a right. pretty fun team to watch. Man, can you imagine being Keegan Murray and averaging? I'm looking this up really quickly. Uh, averaging in the postseason 27.7 po- uh, minutes per game and only averaged like 10 and four. Um, actually 10 that's, and six That's more than I would have guessed. Right. Honestly. Uh, in that series, but you, you just went toe to toe with the golden state warriors for seven games in the postseason. 
And now they have you closing out games in the summer league. Like, what, what are we doing? It's, it's, it's probably why world, man. it's why one of the things I say, man, I wrote about it on the website, second year guys that played good workloads, like that yep. game moves slower for them. And they go out there, they look like they're LeBron among some of these summer league dudes. And they look awesome. And Keegan Murray did last night. Uh, all right, Tim, uh, anything else you want to leave us with before you go? You want to pit the pod one more time? I know you had a good one that you just recorded yeah. right before we had you on. Yeah, we did the uh, Pac-12 today. We had uh, Phil Steele on and uh, Stanford Steve. So uh, a good one uh, on the, on the Pac-12, previewing the Pac-12. Uh, real quickly, uh, I was just scrolling down once again. Utah's roster is pretty interesting, too. Um, yeah. They've got uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, who is a guy who – you know, can score a ton uh, out of Ohio State. I think he went la- end of the first round, if I remember correctly. Uh, was had mm-hmm. a lot more hype. I think he was a five star prospect. Keontae George, who they spent the 16th pick on. Ote Obaji from uh, from Kansas, uh, who was all world. You know, just a couple years ago, and uh, and then they got Taylor Hendricks. So and Johnny Juzang from UCLA. Yep. So that the the Jazz could be a team. I don't know where they are about- odds wise, but they they could be an interesting team. Pretty young, so I know I heard you today on on the Lombardi line, JVT, talking about how you kind of want to find a team who's got a couple like second year guys on that roster uh, to to make some noise. So maybe a little mm-hmm. too young, but uh, I think the Jazz could be an interesting team uh, looking at that roster. Yep, sixteen to one. And by the way, my favorite tiny point guard of all time, Kihei Clark, Clark. Also, yeah. yep. Also on the uh, the Utah Jazz roster. I think actually there was one more name. I'm glad you brought that. Oh, and they Keontae George, of course. So yeah, yeah no, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good talent here. I would also point out too, man. Ah, never mind. I lost it. There was a really good name out there. One of these teams has like a, a kid with just a name. Like you got to be good at basketball <laughs> if you had this name. My, I can't remember what it was. The, my Wizards, Osan Usuni, the uh, the oh, former yeah. big man from St. Bonaventure, played at Iowa State last year, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how terrible Johnny Davis is this year. Uh, probably That's still pretty good. terrible. <laughs> All right, Tim, we appreciate you uh, for a couple of minutes today, especially because you got a show coming up in what two and a half hours or so. So yeah. thanks a lot, man. Appreciate right, it. It was awesome. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Again, Tim Murray, Vison Primetime. Check out the work there, the College Basketball Betting Podcast. More importantly, though, because it's coming out every week, the football, college football betting podcast. Ooh. All right, we'll come back. Uh, not now, because the podcast is over. Tim was nice enough to give us some time here today. Make sure you check out everything we have on the website of vison.com, and we will talk to you next week here on Harvard Handicappers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.